Okay, welcome back, friends, to the Campaign Mode podcast. The podcast that dissects the intersection of gaming and brands and brands and gaming. And today, we do that with Matt Arden, who is the head of content and media at uh, the NBA 2K League. All around fascinating fella, working in a fascinating environment right now in the uh, NBA uh, and in the 2K League in particular. And we talk about all of those things, cover a bit of his background. Then we talk about how brands uh, are engaging in the 2K League and more importantly, how Matt and his team think about content and think about authenticity. Something that came up yet again from Matt, which is about brands being authentic in the space. So we spoke over the internet uh, earlier on today because everyone's still in isolation mode or everybody should still be in isolation mode. Um, so I'm going to hand over now to the virtual me, the virtual Matt, and I hope you enjoy it. I'll be back at the end for some housekeeping. Enjoy. Okay, welcome to the Campaign Mode podcast, Matt Arden. Matt is the head of content and media at NBA 2K League. Hey, bud, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to uh, it's good to hear you. Um, now, what I like to do at the beginning of the podcast is um, uh, candidly is hand over to our much more interesting guests and have them uh, talk a little bit about their background before we get into the discussion more broadly about the platform and um, the business. So, would you mind giving us the uh, five minute Matt Arden? <laughs> well, I, I can't promise it'll be interesting, so I'll, I'll try to make it less <laughs> than five minutes, but. Um, yeah, you know, just um, sort of a, a normal-ish, I guess, uh, upbringing, um, you know, uh, standard at least for the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, single family home, you know, dad worked all the time uh, to kind of uh, <clears throat> make sure that we were okay, obviously, you know, spend his uh, nights in night school and, and had a full-time job during the day. And so me and my sister were sort of that first wave of uh, latchkey kids and TV was, a, a you know, I, I wouldn't say we were planted in front of the TV, but TV was definitely a huge influence along with music in our lives. Um, I think by nature of just how we were raised and certainly the era in which we were raised. And so television and entertainment were always really important to me. And so I sort of knew from a very early age, that's what I wanted to do when I grew up um, and honestly had very other focuses. That was it. And so by the time I got to college, the entire singular focus was on getting into uh entertainment through sports i loved sports and, and played sports and so i got into sports broadcast very early on got very lucky in college to nail a, an internship with a, a very famous broadcaster in the dc area uh named the uh, george michael so i worked for the george michael sports machine which was a huge syndicated sports show uh that really gained you know traction before the heyday of cable and so um you know he was a throwback to a different era and really taught me a lot about storytelling and bringing you know new stories to life um, which led me to um, my first job, which was at my alma mater, which was at the uh, lovely uh, Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia, and um, helped launch HokieSports.com and was an on-air sportscaster there, uh, which led me to Turner Sports down in Atlanta, where I spent 11 years um, living in Atlanta. Um, and, and the formative time I spent at Turner was really with Turner Sports in a unit called the uh, Creative Services Sports Unit, uh, known as CSSU, run by uh, Craig Berry, who was sort of a, another great creative influence in my life, a, a, a mentor, you know, as it were. And um, then my wife got a job offer in New York City and sort of quit my job and rolled the dice on New York City and and had a, two very, very lucky, fortunate um, um, opportunities come my way. The first was with Maggie Vision, which is um, a lot of ESPN folks, um, really, really 
you know, beautiful small film company does some, some 30 for 30 work, does a lot of stuff with sports center. Um, and then that led me to screen vision where I built a, a creative studio called 40 foot solutions and ran it for six, uh, six and a half years, sort of on the agency side. And then, um, got to sort of come home. Uh, I'd been working on NBA stuff my entire time at Turner sports and was always, you know, missing that, that the sports in my life. And, um, had this amazing opportunity to come home to the NBA. And so I've spent the last year and a half as the head of content and media for the NBA 2K League, which is our eSports league at the NBA. So the NBA now has basically five leagues. You've got the NBA, the WNBA, the, the G League, um, uh, the 2K League, and then um, uh, Basketball Africa League. And um, the 2K League is our is our eSports league, and it's five-on-five five basketball, um, all played through the wildly popular 2K video game. We play on a league build, so a, a proprietary build just for the pro players. Um, and it is five against five when we play in an arena, uh, normally not during COVID, um, uh, in an arena, uh, in the round, uh, with a broadcast studio attached. And we, we, we control our own broadcast and we control our own content and we push it all out to the world. So was that five minutes? Was that too long? Yeah, no, too short? it was actually a bit on it's, this is, um, how modest you are. It was, it was significantly under five minutes, but perfect. No, nonetheless, thoroughly interesting. Um, so thank thank you for that. I, that's appreciated. The 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 um when when we talk about the league uh, as it stands right now, how many of the just and this is this is really the one on one stuff for a lot of our listeners because we have a mm-hmm. hybrid of um, the gaming community, but also the sort of marketing brand community as well. What is the uh, what does that structure look like? How many of the um, uh, the original teams are also two uh, K league teams? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's actually interesting, you know, we can get into that later, but from a, a, a content and media perspective, the 101 part of a startup is really so important. It's such a big part of what we do creatively um, and, and to make it interesting, you know, repeatedly. Um, but it's an important thing, especially for, for an esports league. So for us, there are 23 teams in the NBA 2K League, 22 of which come from uh, traditional NBA franchises. The the 23rd, which is an expansion team this year, um, is the Gen G uh Genji Tigers from Shanghai. And so Genji being a very um, well-known esports entity uh, based in Seoul, um, and they're playing out of their headquarters here in Los Angeles uh, until uh, which time we can obviously get them situated over in Shanghai. But, you know, there's a lot going on right now uh, yeah. with COVID, unfortunately. So um, their first season is actually being played in Los Angeles. But yeah, 23 teams in the league, uh, five on five basketball. Um, each person is controlling an archetype in the game by position. So it's legit five on five basketball, just like you'd find in, in, in real life. Um, or as we refer to it in the esports world, IRL, which is how we refer to anything that's not, you know, um, archetype or digital animation. Um, and we play a 16 game schedule over the course of 19 weeks that also include four, um, uh, tournaments. So the, the tip off powered by AT&T is the, is the, is the opening tournament, which we had to delay a little bit this year because of COVID. There's also a, a mid-season tournament called The Turn, powered by AT&T. Um, and then there's a really exciting tournament called The Ticket, also powered by AT&T, which is the winner of that tournament gets an automatic bid into the playoffs as the 10th seed. Uh, 10 teams make right. it through to the playoffs. Right. And then the playoffs and finals at the end. And all of those are cash tournaments as well, a very traditional esports setup there. So throughout the season, uh, there's also an additional $1.4 million up for grabs through these these tournaments embedded into the regular season. So you hit on um, AT&T there as sponsors to what sound like three of your sort of tentpole events. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys, uh, and this is where we start to sort of uh, blur the lines between gaming and marketing a little bit and recognizing you are the 
content expert side of this, but how do you guys um, uh, bring those partnerships to life? Do they do they do they fold in from broader MBA relationships, or are they are there any that are specific to the two K league? Yeah, it's a little column A, a little column B, and and we have an incredible team at the two K league, um, and our marketing team led by Lindsay Ullman is. Um, some of the best people I've ever worked with in my career. And so there's this really great partnership between the marketing and creative side in our league in particular, where we attack these things together. And so um, some come from the, the NBA channels, but but we're the first sort of league within the NBA uh, that also has non-endemic across um, across the esports channel. And so we have some from some new brands in the mix that that are tr- that are just unique to the NBA 2K league. Some, like I said, in, you know, some are endemic from esports, so like Rainer gaming chairs and and HyperX headsets, right. and then some that are non-endemic to esports, like Snickers. And right. um, so we're getting interest, you know, from a lot of different places, which is really exciting. Um, and it can be everything from naming rights to a tournament to unique creative, com- you know, content uh, in our broadcast or or across our digital and social channels. Got it. So you work across. Um, you head up the creative direction for all of the sort of um, 2K League content. When it comes to working with um, working on content concepts or uh, activations with marketing partners, are you and your team uh, pretty hands-on in that to ensure that those communications are really on point for the for the league? Yeah, we are. We have um, you know esports in particular. It's a very grassroots. You know, it, the the players themselves built this. You know, and, and we're sort of sitting on top of it now as a professional league. But authenticity is is absolutely a requirement for integration into esports in particular. Um, it's a very discerning audience, and they feel very very empowered. And and it is their you know it's their product that they've helped build from from the ground up. Um, and so brands getting into this space, um, you know, paying attention to how to be tied to a narrative truly authentically um, is incredibly important. And so we're we're able to help brands figure that out. Uh, The marketing team is incredible. You know, the content creative team and broadcast team are really, really good at this. They know the community incredibly well. We also have an incredible role at the 2K League, uh, a guy named Bra- uh, Graham Borden, who goes online by Black Frank White in the 2K community. He's our community ambassador. So, you know, we have someone embedded in the 2K League that has their finger on the pulse of the community itself. Um, and uh, all the way up to our our, um, our managing director, who's essentially our commissioner, Brendan Donahue, my boss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's active on Twitter and, and on Periscope, talking to the community constantly. So we're constantly gathering information and sharing that with our brand partners so that we can develop really rich, really real uh, storylines for our, our brand partners. Um, yeah, because know, look, it benefits them and it benefits the audience. Right, that's it. And we, ha- we have had on, um, in recent, on recent episodes, uh, guys like Eli McCarroll, who helps lead the eSports League, and then a bit more closely into your world, Andy Miller, who runs, mm-hmm. he actually is the owner of the Sacramento Kings, but he also runs the Energy eSports team. Yep. And both of those guys, we had great conversations very much on your point around um, the nature of authenticity in gaming. And in actual fact, from a marketing, advertising, communications point of view, um, doing strong work, interesting work, compelling work has always been key to the best agencies and brands. And to some extent, authenticity has played a role in that. If you think about brands like Nike, et cetera. It does. And, and what's what's interesting is every brand talks about authenticity. Yeah. Every agency talks about authenticity. But the truth is, 
the audience is who's going to be, yes. you know, the arbiter of that. And and a lot of mass media audiences sort of take a lot of advertising messages, you know, as part of the bundle, right? They just accept a lot of them. Esports is very interesting in that that community is incredibly vocal and incredibly tight knit and incredibly passionate. And you just can't fake it in front of them. It's just not possible. And so getting, you know, brands and partners and even our own creative team to think about that constantly um, is a big part of the job. I mean, we're even in our own in our own creative group, you know, my team, we're constantly sort of litmus testing each other on, does that even, does that sound right? Does that sound like something this league would say? We hyper-focused on voice because um, it's just so crucial. How do you use the, because um, I know that 2K and 2K League has a really um, robust community, as you said, mm -hmm. following. Um, how do you tap into those communities? You mentioned your, um, you know, you have spokespeople for those groups that connect with them. When you're thinking about um, uh, ideas, when you're developing, as you put it, sort of authentic content ideas, do, do you um, sense check a little bit with that community? Is that how you utilize sure. those spokespeople? Uh, absolutely. I mean, look, dude, it's real simple. Like you just got to jump in, right? You can't, um, you can't half-ass it, honestly. And, and like, right when I joined the league, I was not an esports expert. I was a content expert mm. and I knew that I was going to have a deficiency. Right. And so I leaned on guys like Graham. I leaned on Brendan Donahue. I leaned on the folks uh, in the community. I got, I, I wasn't someone who was on Twitter. I jumped because our, our community talks on Twitter. I jumped on Twitter and started reaching out to players introducing myself, talking to them. I had lunches with players. Um, you know, then we obviously hired Graham and we had this great community ambassador. It, it like that nothing replaces the legwork of actually learning and ingratiating yourself to a, a group of people who are passionate about something because the, my biggest fear coming to the league was that it would come in and I'd have this, you know, an, an expertise relative to like developing content, but I wouldn't really understand the community, even if I'd played 2K or even if I played basketball. Um, I mean, this stuff's been going on for, you know, 15, 16 years. These kids have been playing these games and growing up with it. And now they're adults and they want to become pros. And it is a massive part of their life and part of their upbringing. And, you know, I just, the the biggest thing for us with authenticity is asking a lot of questions and learning constantly. And, and you see it even on our broadcast in season one, which I wasn't a part of, so I take no credit for, but it's the it's the mentality of our leadership. We would take suggestions from the Twitch chat and change the broadcast, you know, um, literally broadcast over broadcast. We're not talking about weeks and years of analysis. We're talking about, hey, tomorrow night, what if we tried X? The, the fans seem to like it when we do Y. And we would change the broadcast. Um, so tapping into that community and, and being real with them is, is literally point number one. I, I want to put on a record here that I'm about to steal moving forward, the line, nothing replaces the legwork of learning. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's brilliant, uh, but it's also really true. And I, I think, you know, one of the things that excites me so much about gaming beyond just um, the fun factor, uh, really beyond the entertainment, but from a professional point of view, when I, th when I put my um, marketing hat on, is the, the new world order that it presents. And the, mm -hmm. the fact is, that unless brands or creatives or strategists do the legwork, understand a community specific to a title or a platform, anything you try and land in that world, if it isn't put through that lens, is going to fail or be ineffective, right? Like you said, it isn't. This is not a passive experience. This is an engaged, no. active community. Um, 
So presumably when you look at something like AT&T, whom I know have a great relationship with uh, basketball across the board, um, they're plugged in. They've done the legwork, right? They, they know that that audience is ready and willing to consume their brand so long as they do it in the right way. And it sounds like that's exactly how they're approaching it. If you can't match their passion, there's just no room for half measures. If you can't match their passion, then you shouldn't be in the game. So what's, um, yeah, I agree. So what's the last, in the last couple of weeks, I mean, we, we don't need to dwell on um, any of the COVID-y stuff. Everybody's heard plenty about that, but um, th there, there's been a lot of um, uh, new and interesting things happening over the past, I mean, realistically it's th three months, but um, what, what stood out to you recently um, what big news has happened? And it could well be 2K League stuff, but what's been going on the last couple of weeks that would be helpful for us to be able to speed on? Yeah, I think um, for 2K League in particular, I think, you know, look, COVID has been very interesting for us. And again, not to dwell on what everybody knows about, but it has, um, if there is a silver lining to all this, it, it forced us to think about things differently. And so we learned a ton about remote production and we recognized that we were much more innovative than we were even giving ourselves credit for and that we could pivot much quicker than we thought we could. Um, and that led to opportunities where now our games are on ESPN two and on uh, the you know ESPN app, and that, that's really exciting for us. And then there's broader international reach too with EGG in, in Southeast Asia and Sportsnet in Canada. And so just from the two K League perspective, we've seen a lot of really exciting growth and a lot of new audiences. Um, how do you think I, coming out of this? Um, how's to how's the the league going to? Is there any silver lining here? You you guys you know will take forward. Move, as the world comes out of this, what 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 has been what what have been those silver linings? Yeah, I mean it, it's the ability to 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 invent and create remote gameplay. I mean we're producing as high quality a broadcast as we were doing, if not more so, um, from our arena last year. Now currently across thirty living rooms in two countries. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you know the remote nature of of what we were learning is is very exciting. The fact that we can bring in guest casters. Um, you know, in the past, if we wanted a guest caster, it was, you know, flying someone to New York, carving out three days in their schedule, hotels, you know, all kinds of different things. Now it's shoot some equipment their way, fire up from their living room, and we've got a great guest caster in the room. Yeah. Um, so things like that have been, you know, really exciting to learn. And, you know, again, I hate to sound too cheery about what has been a, a marginally horrific time, but there are some silver linings and there are some good learnings coming out of it. Yeah, it's interesting because coming out of gaming, generally, you know, it's a few, it's a, it's a several weeks back now, but there was so much conversation around things like, you know, the Travis Scott premiere on Fortnite. And I, I don't know mm -hmm. whether you got a chance to see that, but that was one of those watershed moments to me where I realized there was a feeling of community living um, uh, in real time in, in, a, in a simulated environment. But I think from a gaming perspective, um, it makes a ton of sense, especially in a world devoid of sport, that uh, an experience like yours would be so well embraced. I mean, ESP, ESPN2 is, um, that's some significant broadcast power, um, and that's kind of impressive. What about, I, I heard that, I, am, I, should, I should hold my hands up and tell you I'm not um, a basketball expert, and I'm going to blame my Englishness for that. Um, <laughs> uh, I am a sports fan, however, but I heard that, is it true that to some, they're using um, 2K sound effects from the, for the empty stadiums? Is that right? Uh, you know, I, I actually don't know, to be honest with you. I, I, I've, been, I've had my head a little bit buried in our own product, and the truth is I'm not aware of what they're huh. doing. You, you know, it's funny, that. because the Premier League, which I do follow, um, they've I been using sound effects, and it sounds like, 
the sound effects that uh, you pull out of FIFA, and it works. You see the empty stadium, but you still get the same effect at home. Uh, total sidebar, really just uh, something that I was <laughs> gen generally interested in. So um, we definitely, you know, talk talking about how brands and how uh, uh, marketing should be authentic in the space, really powerful. But there's n the, the most powerful part of this community in this world is how, um, you know, gamers can plug into and as I describe it, as sort of professionalize their passion. How do you guys work with um, emerging gamers? As you put it, these young guys and girls that have been doing this since you know, 14, 15, 16 years old, how do they come through in the teams? How do you bring them into the ecosystem? How does all that work? Well, it's an interesting question, and I think it's something we're still learning about uh, to this day. I mean, the game, uh, 2K, has been around for a really long time, and the, it's had fan bases growing up and maturing in it before the 2k league was even around and so there's a pro-am circuit and sort of an amateur circuit um that's that was that predates the 2k league and so a lot of the talent comes from those existing um literally they form teams they have tournaments there are uh, all kinds of like existing loose structure already in the 2k community um we identify talent through a combine process. So a lot of those players um, opt into a combine process through the game and they try out for our league specifically through that process. Um, and that's sort of our primary talent identification. But the truth is we're now beginning to open up a bunch of different doors across the, 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 the space, recognizing that players are emerging from many different places. So you'll see that we've thrown tournaments uh, in Europe, we've thrown tournaments in Asia. We do a what we call the APAC tournament, um, the Asia Pacific region. Um, there's also a London or a, um, a European Invitational, which we did in London last year. So we're recognizing that the community is much more vast than just our own backyard, and so you're seeing a lot more you know, global expansion of our of not only the game but our league in particular. Um, and there's all kinds of room for opportunity and inclusion as well across uh, all kinds of uh, places. We do a women in gaming initiative. Um, there's there's room in this game for so many more people too, and I think you know looking ahead to how we can untap those those markets is is going to be um, vital to our growth too. It's interesting, isn't it, when you talk about when you think about sports um, athletes, sports stars, traditional sports stars, the overlap um, with esports is really significant, and it's something Andy Miller actually hit on from Energy, talking about. Um, how a lot of, especially NBA players, some of the Sacramento Kings guys, for example, um, are always looking for opportunities to play in Fortnite or Rocket League or whatever it might be. How how does that work for you guys? I mean, how do you how are you seeing some of the guys that play in the NBA uh, move over into this? I'm assuming there's I'm assuming there's overlap in there. How do you utilize that from a content point of view? I think what we're learning or what we're seeing is that everyone plays video games, especially in the current generation of young professionals because they grew up with it, right? So we, we're seeing athletes, musicians, um, celebrities, actors, actresses, whatever, that there are so many more people playing video games and so many more people legitimizing video gaming as a platform that it's incredibly interesting the amount of people that come to us and say, hey, I play that game or I watch your league. Let's do something together. So it's much less complicated than it might seem to get people to do content with us um, or to have ambassadors participate with us because everyone's playing these games. Um, and so we try to embrace it. We, we've had um, WNBA 
champion uh, Ariel Powers. She's a huge 2K player. She's been a guest caster um, in our broadcast now. She was a guest caster during the turn. Um, or, excuse me, not the turn, but the tip-off tournament we had a couple weeks ago. Um, and we've had, uh, I mean, we had Fabulous come play our finals last year, who's obviously a legendary uh, hip-hop artist. Um, Ex-Ambassadors kicked off our season last year. We had Trizzy write the uh, opening season campaign for us and do content with us in Charlotte this year before the COVID thing happened. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're embracing it across all channels, whether it's um, unique things we find on social and quick fire things that we do, or whether it's building content around um, a celebrity or, or, or players that are, that are in our space. Um, we're attacking it sort of from all fronts, even last night on our broadcast. Um, one of our reporters, Jeff Eisenband, throughout sort of an innocuous tweet of explain your favorite sports moment, but the, in, a, in a very boring way. And the response was incredible. Um, we had everybody from Arsenal in England respond from their favorite moments to NBA players, to NFL players, to musicians, to, to pro golfers. Um, so the amount of people that are paying attention is, is pretty eye-opening. I'm glad Arsenal got back to you because that's my team. So I am, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> they did, they responded. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know why they've got plenty of time to respond because they're having a dreadful season right now. So um, I will wait till the end of the podcast to tell you I'm a Chelsea fan. So. <laughs> Come on, man! I can't hang up on you now. We're, we're almost done with this. Connection must be bad. It's so funny because my neighbor's a Chelsea fan, and I, I never hear the end of it. So uh, you two are getting on well now. W w what I'm what's been interesting in the uh, sort of um, process of this conversation is I'm seeing two themes here, um, and. Again, I think it's important for both the sides of our audience to think about these two things. And one of them is what you hit on earlier, which is about, you know, nothing replaces the legwork of learning. And I think that's very important for any of our brand audience, marketing audience, uh, agency audience to think about, right? That you have to be deep into these platforms to understand how to create for them, right? N no question. And that's probably a tried and true, uh, uh, it's a trope to some extent. The second thing that's interesting, though, is as you talk about the 2K League, I start to think about the potential for brands as a catch-all or agencies to think about operating in the same way. Think about their brand as a platform. Think about pivoting and evolving and morphing day-to-day -day as, a, as a platform because that's how you start to feel and become real in a sense, right? Like your mm -hmm. ability to pivot, as you said, with the broadcast from one day to the next means that you, you, you remain entirely believable in your audience's eyes because you're responding in real time to them. Um, what a great way to operate. Is that actually sort of a second nature for you guys or is that just something that you continue to, to learn and evolve with? It's, it's both. I mean, it's, it's part of our DNA, um, but the, the, it's still one of those, like any media company, right? is waking up on a Monday morning, realizing that you've got feedback that proves that you have to pivot can still be, you know, there's still growing pains with that, but, but baked into our DNA is knowing that it's the right thing to do. So we don't spend a lot of time dwelling on it. Um, so how do you, so I, there's one thing we didn't touch on here and we don't need to spend a long time on it, but what about um, distribution and broadcast partners? So you mentioned Twitch earlier, obviously you have the, mm -hmm. um, the, you know, the ESPNs of the world. How do you work with um, the team at Twitch? What does that look like? Well, it's um, it's across a bunch of channels, but you know our, our marketing and business development team really handle the the distribution relationship, mm -hmm. and then we start to unload. Um, you know, once sort of the business terms are in place, we then unload a whole bunch of information on each other on how we can best 
build a broadcast, right. talk to an audience, really use the chat to our um, advantage, overlays and, and different things that you can put into a Twitch channel that allow for greater connectivity with an audience. Um, you know, those are things that, you know, there's all kinds of like little things you can learn once you embed yourself. And again, it's about that learning process and, um, and iterating and constantly moving forward. And I think, you know, back to your earlier comment about brands thinking about esports and, and how they can be involved. I think the biggest mistake brands and agencies can make right now is, is look at esports as the next shiny thing. And, you know, you hear a lot of media plans or a lot of, you know, a lot of a lot of agencies saying, you know, get me some of that esports. You know, we should get into that. You know, and they slide a little bit of budget that way. Um, that's not the way to do it. That's not the way to approach it. It's about this learning and this authenticity and digging in. And um, it, it's just there's just uh, you know I'm uh, <laughs> trying to find a nice way to say it, but you just can't grab a little esports and make it part of your media plan. I mean, you can. But you know, really learning and participating and, and providing value to this audience because they return the love tenfold. They appreciate brands and organizations that support the thing that they love. Yeah. Um, but you got to speak their language. You know, it, it, one of the other things I often talk about because I 100% agree with you. I think there's a church and state element here from an agency point of view with regard how esports is approached. And I've been in those conversations. I've been in a room where the conversation said, "Well, you know, how do we?" we get a bit of that esports yeah it doesn't <laughs> yeah. work got waste yeah. of money right but the yeah. ability to turn um uh, a discipline into a partner a partnership opportunity to you guys to twitch to fortnite energy whomever it is right to think like partners um changes the way you filter that entirely right and 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 mm -hmm. it does one other thing and it's often hard to hear this if you're a brand person it means that not all brands are going to be right for these channels as well. A hundred percent. Can't force, you can't we, force fit them all. And we've actually, that's actually happened in our league. We've actually said, you know what, this may not be the right thing right now for you. Um, and have not done deals because of it. Um, you know, it's not our favorite practice, obviously, you know, we don't want we're not trying to turn people away, but yeah, you got to have a real conversation sometimes and recognize that, you know, either side may not be ready for it. Right. And that's actually, it's not, it, it isn't as doom and gloom as it sounds, right? If, if you're brand X and you're not right for the NBA 2K League, it doesn't mean you're not right for gaming necessarily if you think about how broad the spectrum of gaming is. But it's very easy for a lot of more traditional uh, agency folks to think, well, we'll, 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 we'll sponsor that thing or we'll plug into because it's big, it has reach. It doesn't mean it works. And it might be one of the first times, it, certainly in my uh, career, that... That, that just spending, just throwing money at it doesn't solve it. In fact, it, it's it, it usually does. the antithesis of that. It, it, it completely, it does, it hurts it. And so I guess, you know, extrapolate it out, like it, it would be the same as a media company being like, oh, give me some of them sports. Right. Uh, what, do you, what do you want, soccer? Do you want racing? Do you want basketball? Are you looking for casual fans? Are you looking for, you know, esports is very much the same. It's a very complex living, breathing thing. And mm -hmm. whether it's sports games like ours or first person shooters, or there's a million ways you can sort of jump into esports, and there's a million audiences you can get out of it. And so we're particularly proud of what we do. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's, it's just not a catch all for get me some of them young folks to check out my products. It's just Interestingly, not. the difference, one of the main differences is, and this is why esports so, is so fascinating for me, Traditionally, sports has been a veneer. I can take a sport that connects with my core demo and I can sponsor that. I can buy the shirt of Arsenal, right? I can mm -hmm. sponsor the stadium, etc. Because I don't see the feedback from the fans. As a brand, I'm not part of that community, really. I'm purely um, 
a, a monetary vehicle for helping them buy players to some extent. But when it comes mm -hmm. to esports, because the community is esports, because it's so integral to esports, you really do have to do that legwork work you're talking about. You have to find your role within that community before you can slap that logo on. Which I and again, I'll go back to AT and T just because I know they do so much of this good work that they understand that community, which means they have the right to then sponsor your tentpole events. You can't do it the other way around. No, and uh, at and is a great example too, because not only are they sponsors of our tentpole events, but they actively participate in in production of those events. So I'll give you a perfect example. We do a, an IRL content series on YouTube called Locked In, which is our you know our behind the scenes, off the court you know look at teams and players. And with COVID, that became a real problem for us. How are we going to produce a biweekly series when we're not allowed to be in the same room with people? We can't throw a crew on a plane and go out to Sacramento and spend a day with you know Kingsguard Gaming. What are we going to do? And AT and T is the is the sponsor of this content series. So we got in a room or, you know, a virtual room with them and we became creative partners and we solved the problem together. And the truth is AT&T came in as a production partner more so than a naming rights partner. Right. And what we did is we got a bunch of AT&T phones loaded with cell service, high power phones, sent them out to the teams and that became the recording devices. And we directed virtual, we directed through virtual space. But right. the players themselves filmed the series on their actual AT&T phones, then used AT&T service to send us the footage back. Yeah. And so they became the production solve. And so, you know, talking to partners like that is just perfect so much example. easier than trying to, you know, fake it. Yeah, it, that's an that's absolutely perfect example. And actually is such a perfect example. Um, and this is very unlikely for this podcast, but it's so, so professional that we could use it as a place to wrap up because I realize <laughs> I've monopolized more of your time than I promised I would. Um, You're fine. So I, uh, this has been great. I, I'd love as this progresses and uh, we come out into a new shiny new world um, to spend another half an hour with you at some point in the future getting some update, updates on the 2K League. I promise you I'll be a semi-pro player by then uh, <laughs> and I will, will have picked a team. But in the meantime... I want to thank Matt Arden, the uh, head of content and media at NBA 2K League, for joining us today on the Campaign Mode podcast. Thanks very much, bud. Thank you very much for having me. We appreciate it. Okay. That was Matt Arden, everybody. I want to thank Matt and uh, his team at the 2K League for uh, coming on the show and helping me put it all together. I very much appreciate their time. And I very much appreciate Matt's uh, 40 minutes or so sitting down in, during one of his very busy days to talk about this stuff and give us a peek behind the curtain. Because honestly, if you're a brand or you're a marketer out there, understanding how these platforms work, understanding how people like Matt and Matt's team think will help you prime your brand or your brands to be uh, really good partners in those spaces. And it's uh, there's some lessons in that conversation, I think, from Matt that are well worth taking away and using and utilizing when you think about taking your brand to the gaming space. Um, anyway, you can always reach out to us at Campaign Mode and the information will be in the show notes in terms of how you can do that if you have questions. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I guess, you know, stay well, stay um, healthy, uh, continue to play games uh, or uh, start playing games. I'd recommend you do that. But also I'd recommend, importantly, you hit the notifications and like this so you know that when we upload another one you can dive straight into that thank you for being there again it's good to see you and i very much appreciate you listen listening and we will see you next time on the campaign mode podcast thank you everybody <laughs>